podcasts have the power to change your life. And I'm hoping that this show with me, Anna Parker-Naples, is one that you'll come to to feel a little bit better and a little bit happier. Because this podcast is positively influential. So I would love to introduce you now to Pete Cohen. Here he is. <laughs> and Pete is the host of the Future Self podcast, is one of today's most recognizable practitioners of high performance psychology and leadership, and is best known for his expertise as resident life coach on GMTV. And this morning, that deserves a ooh! <laughs> but it was about... 15 years ago. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's on the resume. Yeah. yeah it's it's on there the resume. for life. Anyway, welcome to Pete. Big round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. So before we dive in to asking Pete some questions, I am going to just point out the elephant in the room I have got changed. Now, reason being, couldn't decide what to wear. Uh, and the team were like, Anna, we've got to get more content. And it's a bit boring seeing you in the same outfit. So... That's why I'm changed. Um, there will be another, maybe even two costume changes. Um, but I was really adamant that for this event, I would only wear stuff that I would pretty much wear around the house, except like, I would never wear a cream outfit around the kids, right? But I have got comfy shoes on, so we're balancing that out. So, I wanna tell you a little bit about Pete Curran and how he came into my life. I think that's, uh, I always like to know how, what's the connection? So I went to, and it was an amazing event, EMC, and Pete was one of the speakers there. And a lot of the event over the couple of days, in fact, it was three days, but I was there for two, it was quite heavy marketing. It was quite heavy. A great event, but it wasn't where I was at right at that time. And it was just as I was realizing that I wasn't coping very well with all the personal dramas that had happened in my life. And as you're going to learn very soon after Pete and I begin our conversation, his work is about shifting and changing. And at this event, where there's hundreds of people there, a lot of men, but a lot of women too, there was something about when Pete came onto the stage and some of the things that he was saying that took me from this moment of being at this badass business conference to, oh fuck, I've got to listen to this. This was actually what I need to hear. And I broke down in tears, literally to the point that the girl next to me had to go and get some tissues because I was so snotty. Because there was something about what Pete said that I knew I needed to listen to. So that's how I met Pete. Now I pulled myself together after that and I did go and we, I introduced you, we talked about podcasting and I got introduced as the podcast expert and all those things. And then a little while later I reached out to Pete when I really after that event began to descend and as I said I'm very it's all my fault I was, I was very grateful for that descent but not at the time and I did actually reach out to you probably about three weeks later so that's how we met yeah and the, and the transformation is unbelievable you know only I can see that because I I knew you then and I see you now and uh yeah, it's so hard to, you know on so many levels you are just you look amazing you are amazing and it's just been a privilege just to have been a part of your life even if it was just for a short yeah. period we had we had a, a couple of couple of calls one of which i think i cried through most of it i think i still owe you a session as well yeah. but i think i think this is kind of payback coming and doing this for me today pete <laughs> so i want to kind of dive in really with you and you can go anywhere you want i know 
So what I, what I want to say with Pete is that he has, I believe, a lot of wisdom in what he says. And yet he's also very willing from his TV days to jump around in a pair of um, essentially speedos yeah. um, on TV. So you're bringing kind of this attitude of like real life and getting people to move and shift. So right now, you've recently rebranded your podcast to the future self. And I'd like to get you to just talk through what, what that means. Why does the future self mean something well, well the first you. thing is the first thing i want to say about that is um you know when people say we're all connected what does that actually mean i think we all are and when you're open to connections things start to happen so you just said that about my podcast i changed the name of the podcast because of rob moore i've known rob for years rob's not everybody's cup of tea but i made a tv program with him and i, I know i know, I know who rob. he is I know really well yeah at the heart of who rob is i know who he is yeah. he's, he's he's i think he's a lovely human being and I just picked up your book. And the first page of what I opened the book was, was a quote from Rob. Yeah. And it was Rob who saw my podcast on his feed and goes, Pete, I don't know what your podcast is called, My 365. I am actually going to say to you, Pete, as well, I did tell you you need to change the name. Yeah. I probably, I? Actually, you did. I did. And you were like, Anna, we'll work together. And I was like, I can't even work with anyone at the moment. Yeah. Well, I would still like to work with you. You know, there, there's no question about that. And it was rob that said you need to give it a name that's really in keeping with who you are and what you do so i changed it to future self all of my work really is about our relationship to the future um and it's just a fascinating area it's, it's just unbelievable when you talk to people about you know their future and what they see because most people what they see is not what they want most people see a future it's called a default future they're, they're seeing a future they don't want and then they're creating it every day. And that's really quite sad. Okay. So, as someone who is, oh, I hope you don't mind me saying this. Yeah. Someone who is like the grandfather of life coaching in the UK, right? Yeah. Very young grandfather. Yeah. What then is your future self? You've been in this transformational personal development, high performance space before most of the population realized it even existed. And can you actually believe a lot of people still don't know that personal development actually is really good and still sneer at self-help? Who is your future self, Pete? Well, it's a really challenging question because that story could take a long time, right? So I'll try and do... Condensed. I'll condense, <laughs> I'll condense the story. So for many years, I was a fraud, literally. I was trying to prove to the world... I, not that I was a fraud. I was just... I was looking for validation. So personal development for me was about, look what I can do for others, not what I could do for myself. I have written 20 books. Yes, I was on TV, I've done all these things, mm -hmm. but I was doing it because I wanted validation. Validation to get respect, to get the recognition. Yeah, and I, and I got loads of that and it didn't make any difference and probably, so compounded, it, probably compounded even more the fact that I did felt worthless yeah. and not good enough. But I was also more of a fraud because I'd be working with someone and asking someone to talk about their future. You know, where do you want to go? Um, and. I didn't want anyone to ask me because I didn't know. All I knew was I'm very enthusiastic. I've got huge amounts of energy. Literally, I've got more energy than most people could even imagine, which I burnt out massively in my 20s. I didn't know how to manage my energy. But um, if you'd asked me where I was going to be in the future, I, I, I wouldn't know. My future was tomorrow, next day, next week. And it was only when my wife was given 18 months to live 12 years ago that it 
I had a I had a coach for 16 years. He was like Mr. Minyagi from the Karate Kid. He was from the Philippines. He lived in Dallas. He travelled the world, living with indigenous people. I called him up when my wife was first diagnosed. I said, "What should I do?" He said, "Find people that are still alive with the same brain tumor and find out why." I wouldn't have thought of that. I wouldn't. I was too lost in my own fear. But then he said, "Ask her what she's going to do when she gets better." I said, "She's been given 18 months," and he went, "So what?" People defy the odds all the time. And then it started, a, I didn't ask her that question for three, I found a treatment in, in Houston, changed her life, you know the story. And then um, I asked her three years later, uh, Raphael asked me to ask you what you're gonna do when you get better. She started crying. I was ignorant because I thought she was crying because she didn't have a future. That's ridiculous. Everybody has a future. Everyone sees a future. But what's the future that you see? And then I, I couldn't help her because she wouldn't listen to me. I wasn't married to her at the time, but she wouldn't listen to me. Why should she listen to me? I'm, she didn't marry to me for me to do personal development for her. So I Googled, draw your future. And then I found Patty Dolbovolsky, three-time TED Talker. Uh, we did that TED Talk. We did it together. We drew it. We drew the future. We created that future. By the way, she's become one of my best friends, not my wife, Patty. And still, I, still good mates with your wife, though. Oh yeah, yeah I great. love my wife. Just to clarify, yeah. I think I'm um, just a bit, just a little side note. No, Isn't please. it so interesting that we often are not the person to help be able to help those closest to us with personal development. You yeah, know, no, husband, it, kids, teenagers, particularly, we're not the person, and that can be a challenge. Oh, there's that word again. That can create disease that you need to address in yourself. D definitely. That whole thing, you can't change other people. You know, you, it's a hard thing sometimes just to let people be who they are and, you know, not give it. You should never give advice anyway unless people ask you for it. Um, and even then, you should be careful. But yeah, the future is just something I'm just, I'm so excited about the future. But I'm now, I know who I want to be. So who? Well, it's me. I just, I can see myself right now. Yes. My future self is in this room. My future self is stronger than me, more courageous than me. My future self is wiser than me. And I listen to my future self. It's talking to me all the time. When Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world, what does everyone think Gandhi meant? Gandhi completely reinvented himself. I believe every human being has the capacity. You are an amazing example of reinvention. Your greatest test has become your greatest testimonial, looking at you. Mm -hmm. I think that's all of us. We're all heroes on the hero's journey. Most people, have, they know that, right? This is real life. This isn't like Luke Skywalker. That's not real. You know, this Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, that's not real. This is real. So to give people the guidance and the support that there's a future out there that they can create, what's the point of life if you're not creating or building or... And I know it's not always... Moving forward. It's about, it's about forward motion, isn't it? It's about not staying stagnant. And I, I look around and I see so many people who are living stagnant lives and I've been in that stagnation myself or what's worked for a time no longer works and that's that's the point at which we met where we collided what's your mission then it's to make people aware that there is a future self and to start listening to that person i mean in a nutshell that's it i mean let's be honest here we all talk to ourselves right for I mean, sure, I, we do. And we tell ourselves a lot of bullshit. Yeah, and I think that voice maybe I don't, I don't know everybody, but for the last 30-odd years, I've been really interested in what's it like being you? 
What's that experience like? What are you saying to yourself? I'm not a big fan of personality testing. I'm not a big fan of, I think your personality is what you're saying yes to or no to. I think your personality is related to your identity. It's who you think you are. But we've all reinvented ourselves. You are not who you were. I'm not who I was. But the thing is about reinvention, for most people, they didn't consciously choose it. They have just reacted rather than I know. I know who I'm committed to becoming and I'm going to be that person as best as I can. And that comes with choice. Yeah, and that, that's the, as Jim Rohn said, you know, that's the fascinating thing about humans, that we have a choice. And what are the choices that many people make? They'll make a choice that is familiar to them. And I, I just want to make a, a point here. When you said about, you know, disease in the body, I'm all about moving forwards, but I was saying to someone just before, if someone is experiencing emotion and they can't make sense of that emotion, and they've probably got some trauma or there's something in their life that they maybe haven't made sense of. And I think it's really important to be able to share the experience of being yourself and how you got here. And Because growing up in this world is very traumatic. Um, but to make peace of that, or maybe to get to the point where you could look back and say, you know what? That I'm glad that happened. It happened for me, not to me. That's the, the inner work that I think is one of the greatest things we will ever do. It's interesting because I think a lot of this change and future self has to start with the recognition of where you're at. And we had a conversation where I was, I was really not in a good place. And I really, one of the reasons that I reached out to Pete was because I didn't know him. He didn't know, we didn't have many connections, a few, but not many. And it was a safe space for me to unravel the professional and the personal and what it all means. And, and I, was, I can remember saying, I feel so, at this point in my life, I've had all these external stressors that have just compounded. And I know I'm not doing all the stuff that I tell other people to go and do that. I know what, why I'm not journaling. I'm not exercising. I'm not doing all of the things. And one of the things you said to me was, Anna, but you know right now what it is you need to do. You've told me several times. And for me at that point, it wasn't go and start exercising because I literally couldn't fucking do that. It was just rest. And I remember you saying, why aren't you giving yourself what you already know you need? Yeah. Well, that's listening, isn't it? And that's hard sometimes yeah. for someone like a family, a business, just to yeah. stop and ask yourself, what is it I need right now? But we, when you were talking, I was just thinking of like, a, you know, a, a crab or a snake or something that sheds. Or, or the better analogy is the, the phoenix that, that rises, you know, but you've shed something. And there's nothing better than, I think, the, for humans to let go of what they don't need. And then you, you become something completely different. It, for me, I always think that it's about, um, I f I'd felt that I'd got really dusty. Like, and that dust had got, it had like covered, covered me over. And the, having that period of deep introspection, which you were part of that journey, actually allowed like the dust to come off and the light to come through. That, that's what it's like sitting, you know, like being next to you. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It feels like, it sounds a bit strange, but like cleaner. Yeah. You know, just like because lighter. And you I'm, can see it in your eyes, skin. And what's in what I what I'm going to bring back to you, obviously Pete's worked really deeply with me, so he knows some of what went on behind the scenes. 
what's interesting about that is that you talked about I'd written the books I'd written 20 books and I'd been on TV and I'd got the persona and I got the thing and I'd got the reputation I've made it I've made it and yet actually the making it for me was not making it that's a mic because it doesn't matter (laughs) boom it doesn't matter those things that I thought mattered don't matter what matters is is actually what's going on so conscious I'm wafting a paper in front of a mic whoever well my team when they edit this I'm so sorry (laughs) was that your current self or your future self saying that that? was my future self knowing I'm gonna have a conversation about the fact I've waved papers in front of a microphone and I should know better Uh, where was I I don't know I don't in a good place yes there's an interesting thing about building the reputation which to a certain extent we need to do to have an impact-driven business, particularly as a personal brand. And actually every element of what you're doing aligning with yourself. And I felt that I had Mm. evolved out of what I was presenting to the outside world like like my whole world shifted and I remember coming to you saying I've got this weird thing Pete and I don't even know why I want to do it but I've just got this weird thing that I'm supposed yeah. to go and write a novel about World War II and you go in and, and I get, at that time I couldn't even admit to anyone around me that I wanted to do that and you were like oh okay how are you getting on with that I wrote 90,000 words and then realized that actually what mattered more to me right now is that um I spread this. Yeah, but what an amazing achievement, writing 90,000 yeah. words. I want to read that book. It's when coming. It's fini- it, when it's finished. It's coming. It's coming, but it's not now because that process was a massive part of my shifting, getting yeah. back with people not in this space, that people don't know me in a particular way, and getting back to being creative. Getting back to being you. Getting back to being me. and That's what it seems like. Yeah. One of the questions I most want to pose to you today... You, I have heard you before on stage and in quite a lot of your YouTube videos talk about this horrendous moment 12 years ago with, with <laughs> Hannah, who was not your wife at that point, I believe. No, I never even thought and I'd be with her. I didn't, wasn't even that fond of her, to be honest. Recently, <laughs> recently, you, and that's become a part of your, like... Signature story. Yeah, signature story, professional story, like we got through this. and Yeah. And then you have this cataclysmic moment yeah where hannah just, are you all, ready to go there no i don't mind no i'm just feeling like the, the hair that i have on my back which there is a lot okay is just standing so all up I'm my gonna, tingling what, all over and i did say to everyone i'm speaking to today are you prepared to go anywhere and no one has said don't ask me that so given that you then got the news that hannah had it's got another tumor. Yeah. Well, first off, I, I want to thank you because you were one of a few people. Wh- I didn't tell you. You found out the story and you contacted me immediately. And what you said is if there's anything I can, this is the first thing you said, is anything I can do, you want me to spread the word. So I want to thank you for that because not everybody did that. Yeah, but I learned that from you, Pete. I don't know. I think that's who you are. Pete, um, <laughs> one of Pete's networking event ideas and actually life ideas is getting is saying to people how how, yeah, well, how well, can was, I most help you how can I be of service to you well, effectively that's what Martin Luther King said he said that is the most important question that we should ask everybody what can I do for you and if you do that uh, if you 
the most incredible things happen, like buying a farm for someone in Uganda, which is what we did last year. But anyway. So you have this moment where... You buy a farm for someone in Uganda. This personal story of how we got through, and I'm the expert in how you deal with life, and, and then you find out that Hannah's seriously unwell. Yeah, so... Talk me through coping with that, your choices around that, not Hannah, but you, mm-hmm. as the expert. Mm-hmm. So, um, November, not last year, the year before, she had a massive seizure again. And I wasn't there. I was in Liverpool. Um, and loads of trauma came back. Trauma that I didn't even know that was there. Trauma from 12 years ago. Um, and we went down a road where very slowly things got really bad. Uh, her right, I'm sorry if this triggers people, but this is, this is life. Uh, had the right side of her body stopped working. Um, she had, was having seizures and quite quickly, it, we couldn't go back to America for the treatment that she had 12 years ago for a few different reasons. And I was preparing for a life without her because it was just, she couldn't get out of bed. So I was brought up by two amazing parents who both aren't here anymore, but my mum my always said, there's an answer to everything. And my dad always said, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So I just love people. Anyone who meets me is like, how, what can we do? How can we? So um, she was then diagnosed and given six months to live. And I almost felt like giving up. But I had a few people who just wouldn't let that happen. And I found, I mean, this, this, this is a miracle. I found a treatment in Germany because I met a guy on a train seven years ago who's a doctor and he heard me talking about Hannah and we got off the train at Haywards Heath and he said to me, what, do you know much about cancer? I said, a little bit. Um, and we became friends. When Han- Hannah was sick, you know, a year ago, I asked him what I should do. He looked, he came back to me and said, there's this thing in Germany. They put two viruses in her brain, chicken pox and the Newcastle virus. I didn't know there was a, a virus called the Newcastle virus directly into her brain and it triggered an immune response that what was there has disappeared and it was what's known as a glioblastoma multiform and if you google that you see the prognosis is my wife's movement has come back um it's a it's a hard thing to explain because i can't do it justice there are no words to do this justice that someone who was dying in front of me has come back to life you know um, and you know, it's still, there's still uncertainty, there's still fear, but there's a hell of a lot of love. Um, yeah. You were very public about what the two of you were going through. Talk to me about the decision to do that. Well, that's a really good question. You know, why, why, why not keep it to yourself? There's someone I know who just said, why not just share it with the world? And he's someone I, I like and admire. And I thought, why not? And, and also just publicly, we needed help. I stopped work. I was looking after her. And people just reached out. Rob, Rob Moore basically ended up giving me £5,000. That's right? why I knew. That's, I, saw it on, I saw it on Rob's. Yeah. And I was like, that's when I reached out to you. How can I help? We shared it with my audience. I know that we graced you some money. And Yeah, because I, I, I thought, you know, and that was amazing. And, but if I hadn't have said that, I wouldn't have given people the opportunity to be involved and to help what struck me about that was um that felt like a really huge reflection of pete's philosophy on ask people for help because he's had a lifetime of asking people how can i help you 
when Pete really needs help, and when do we need more help than that? The amount of support you got, or certainly publicly it looked like the amount of support you got, was astonishing. And I actually, on reflection, I know that that energy was very healing. You know, people might call it the power of prayer or the power of just positive energy focusing on Hannah. Uh, and a few other things that we did that I believe made, you know, a massive difference. And if you don't ask, yeah, it was difficult to ask for help, but... I, Listen, this wasn't about me, this is about her. And for 12 years, I get contacted by people every week, people with brain tumors, asking me, because I made a film about what happened 12 years ago, this isn't about me. This is about helping other people, and I wanna help as many people have this treatment that my wife had. But that's a huge amount of resistance that we have to go to bring these things to life. Being in the midst of something horrendous and choosing to be public about it, what was the cost of that for you? I don't think there was a cost. I mean, but maybe this cost was, oh, maybe what will people think about me? But I, you know what? I don't want to swear, but fuck it, you know? That's what, my da that's what my dad used to say. My dad used to say, fuck them. You know, if you share the message with the world, then let people do what, what they want. People might criticize you, or, but that's, that's none of my business. I want to inspire other people. If I can inspire people to look for a future when they don't necessarily see one because they're caught in the midst of something really difficult, Without hope, it's hopeless. So why then do you choose to be that positive influence in the world? Why? Where does it get us? I just would want to die if I, if I wasn't doing that. If I wasn't being a good human being, telling people, like I was just thinking when we were there before, I just wanted to say to you, I love you, you know? I and, love you too, and Yeah, and it's, it's not saying it, it's, there's love. And there's a book by a woman called Barbara Fredrickson called Love 2.0, and she talks about positivity resonance. The fact that what else is there? You know, behind everything else, what is there? Is, is there love? I'd, I can, I, there is. So why not be loving? Why not be kind? Why not be a good human being? It's not always easy. But that's the choice that I've made. I think one of the, one of the things that I've realized more and more lately is I didn't grow up in an environment where kindness was a highest value in our family. I'm really careful about what I do and don't share about things for obvious reasons, but kindness wasn't one of the highest values in my upbringing. And actually, when I can remember sort of saying to my parents, to my family, actually what I'm about to do is about other people, not me. Like it didn't make any sense, it's not the model. And yet when we come from that place of service, really, it is about love. It is about love. It's about the energy of love. It's about... It, it comes back to that... Sorry, it comes back to that choice, isn't it? Yeah. And with that woman, Patty Dolbovolsky, Googling Draw Your Future, I, we started coaching each other, and she said something to me once. She said, Pete, you've got to make the choice. It's love or fear. Which one do you want? And it's not that if you choose f love, you don't feel fear. But most people are frightened to, to be loving, just to, just to be kind. It's like, well, it might, you might use it to hurt me. Whereas I just choose love. I mean, what's the point of life if there's no love? And learning to love yourself and work on That's what personal development is, okay. isn't it? Just learning to... Pete, we're going to go back to that one. Okay. Mic drop moment. What is the point of life if there's not love? That, that's it. Well, the Beatles kind of said it all, you know, it's, it's all we need. And I think actually so often in business, there isn't so much love. 
No, I'm, and I think that's part of I don't know what you do. Do you really want to go there? I mean, let's be honest. Most businesses are run... I mean, obviously, I'm in a room full of women, but I've spent most of my life working with more women than, than men. But businesses for years have been run by men, for men, um, and to exist to maximize, maximize shareholder value. To get the money. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked with businesses all over the world, and you could work with... A, and people are frightened. They're frightened to speak out. They're frightened to be themselves. And if you can't be yourself, then what are you being? Uh, that's hard, that eats away at people. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's... We have a minister of loneliness in this country. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yet we've got more opportunities to connect like never before. Yet there's never been more anxiety. We've got pandemics of anxiety, depression, suicide. And that's why those of us who realise this stuff have to get louder. We have to get... So, yeah, you know, this is one of my favourite... It's not my Go expression... On get so good they can't ignore you right and that's my i want to be so good in any way i can that people they will ignore me but some people won't because i'm coming through you can't stop me and that's what i love about you you've, you've decided no i'm moving in a and, and that would be my question back to you and i'm not saying I this love, for, i love I'm a question not, back yeah but yeah but, yeah but i'm so used to doing what you're doing which is interviewing people what can we do for you It's really, really uh, such a feeling to receive that question, actually, because it makes you go, makes me go within and think, well, what, what is that ask? And I don't believe what I'm doing with the new brand is about me at all. This is, this is, this is about changing. This is about elevating. This is about. Actually, I've never really mentioned this on anything. The logo. Yeah. There's an A which is for audio, because it started with audio because I believe podcasts have the power to change the world. And the I is influential. Now, we can use our influence for impact. It's also a mountain, because you're going to be hearing about my mountain later and what my vision for that mountain is and what happens when we try and start at the base camp to reach the summit, what happens when we reach the summit. And then this bit's really clever. So at the time, I was writing a book about 1940s and particularly Morse code. And I, I was saying to my designer, there's something missing, there's something missing. It's got to have more meaning than that. And the Morse code that's hidden in that means elevating global consciousness by sharing abundance, wisdom and knowledge for the benefit of all humanity. I'm going to, can we I say wow backwards? You can, go for it. Because I, 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 I mean, I've only just paid attention to that. And I'm so glad that you brought attention to it because the energy obviously behind that, you didn't, you've explained something which probably now gives it even more meaning to us. Um, can I just ask you, influential, what, what does that word mean to you and why is that word so Ooh. important? Okay, so actually when, when I started, started saying about the influential part, some people were like, oh, I don't know, that doesn't really fit with me. For me, it's about impact. Well, we can't have impact unless people know about us. And there are many people out there influencing others, influencers or big names who, frankly, are fucking appalling role models. And I'm really blessed that I am connected with people who either are very well established as positive role models or people who have this drive, like you and I, that we want to make a difference. And also those people just like, they're just, that seed is just starting to become, what comes after a seed? A little fledgling Germinate. Germinates, isn't it? Germinate. And, and that's the difference because I, we're talking about love, we're talking about energy, we're talking about making real transformative shifts. 
we can't do that on our own as islands it's about many 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 people doing that and we need role models I make a choice to be a model for that and not by being perfect not by showing you the polished version of Anna whose brand is all push 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 because I'm not interested anymore I think if we look at the world right now compared to any other time in history what we see is very scary in terms of polarity you know just like I'm right you're wrong we see it everywhere and I, that, I, I find that quite unsettling you know like you could look at something I don't know anyone has done this before you look at something on social media and then all of a sudden you're going to be fed the same thing and you think oh, we're not even interested in this but why does it keep coming and we know that we can be then be shaped because it's our inputs, as, as Zig Ziglar said, our inputs are shaping our outputs. What's need is the empaths, the influential people that want to, as my coach once said to me when he was alive, he said, it's not about right and wrong, good and bad, left or right. It's about different perspectives, the perspective of front, back, left, right, up, down and you to look at life from your perspectives and be curious about that. And how can I learn from you? How can we help each other? That's what's going to save the world. But what better thing can you do? As, as, as we love to talk, we're also pretty good listeners, right? We like to, because we want to understand. And that's what we have to teach. And we need people who can stop worrying about what people think and worrying about how they are perceived in the world and write, what's my message? Yeah. What's the message that I have to tell people? You can do what you want with the message. And that message is not about you anymore. That's about other people. Of course, because there's life after you. When we look at what makes a great life, it's what comes after life in most cases. So I think of all the people who have poured into me in my life who aren't here, they've left me something. It, I feel it's my honor, my duty, my, my well, I don't know what the word is, but to pass on what's been passed on. When my father died, he was cremated in Hoop Lane in Golders Green um, and it was packed. There was like 200 people outside watching on the TV and I read the letters uh, that people wrote and they, there was a theme and it was my dad he was really he made everyone feel like they were important just because he was curious just because he that's such a skill yeah but we all we all remember the people who are really present with us right we remember the uh, people yeah. who are really listening i don't know about you but i've i've had times in my life where i've just massively outgrown people where it's vacuous conversation or they're not really listening or they're not really they're not really, they're not really there, there. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just not down for tolerating relationships like that anymore. So my, my future self in guiding me, so the, the, the Romans believed every house had a, a guru. And the word guru means the moral authority. So I am guided, some people might call it a spirit or guided by the higher self. My higher self is my future self. And my future self is always just saying to me, when someone's there, be there. Be there. Or be square. <laughs> I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to save for after audience questions. So, but Can um, I just say thank you for the opportunity? I would do anything you asked me to do, pretty much. But, you know, if you ask, I would. Which things won't you do? <laughs> I don't do know. Do we want to get specific I, about I that know. one live on camera? <laughs> well, you can ask, but I'm not sure I'll do them. But <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Oh, have you got your speedos on, Pete? Oh, that, oh. So th- very quickly, that was just my dad when we were young. When we used to go away, used to wear these Union Jack uh, speedos and literally be gone. And you think, where is he gone? You couldn't see him. Um, he. I think in about 1990 he just tossed them away somewhere and I picked them up and kept them so we were then so on so they were your dad's pants not even your own no they were my dad's I watched them and, um, and then this is a true story we were filming in Mallorca which is where uh, with GMTV we were on a, a thing, doing this thing called Inchloss Island Ben Shepard was presenting Ben's become one of my best friends that was the first time I ever met him um, and he I, I wore the Union Jack boxes these things and well, I, they weren't boxes though no, they, no, were they, like, they, they were, were pants, like proper briefs, speedos and briefs. they come out of the break and uh, Kate Garraway and Eamon Holmes and, and they're going what has Pete Cohen got on and then they go to bed I can't not hear this not a lot not a lot but Ben Shepherd goes oh it's okay don't worry they're a family heirloom <laughs> right I've got this I've got the footage but the, the craziest thing was I promise you my dad was at home watching this <laughs> Right, thinking he'd they'd been thrown away. I wish I could have filmed my dad watching this. You bastard, Pete! You stole my best pants. Well, no, he he he'd had a, he thought they were like I've worn them enough, but I don't know where they are. I wish I because if I'd kept them, I would have. It was one of my finer moments on TV. <laughs> Our finer moments are not normally the ones that we pre-plan, are they? <laughs> no, no. Okay, so questions for Pete. Then who has got a question for Pete or feedback or thoughts on what we've discussed today? 2023 to me is the year of the Edgewalkers, the Trailblazers, the Heartled Leaders. Do you yeah. think we're moving from I, ego, to we, unity consciousness? And do you think we're going to see a lot of people connecting as heart-minded souls rather than like-minded souls over the next few years? Well, when you just said that, the thing that came to mind... Did you feel that in the room yeah, when I she did. said that? That's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, honestly, all that... I, if you want to see the hair on my back, I'm happy to show it to you. There's a lot. All the hair that was once here has just literally. We only want to see if you've got here. the pants on, Pete. No, I haven't. I haven't. Pete's pants. But it, it reminds me of uh, Muhammad Ali. So Muhammad Ali apparently said the shortest poem in history, which is "Me, We." You know, and it's coming from a place of "We," which you know, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? What does coming from "We" mean? To me, it's moving into a state of unity consciousness where we are working as a collective. So it's all of my, for me, it's about community, collaboration, connection, rather than the, I'm going to do this because it's for me. And it's ego. It's a big, go on, you I are. think that's proving in fear energy, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, like it's a shift. About, it's a shift. And so many people are frightened to make that shift because I think if you do, then all of a sudden, life is completely different. It seems that most people need something to happen in their life like a crisis or a disaster for them to look at the world differently but I my question to you is what what can we do for you in in terms of your mission because you're obviously on a mission have you seen Blues Brothers where they go we're on a mission from God right how can we help you with your mission so my mission is very similar to Anna's it's about creating a community of real trailblazers who go out in the world and create their community to do it completely differently See, we've all got to get louder yeah I mean I'd love to have that debate maybe for another time about why females are better at that than men and I I, this is dodgy I got in trouble the other day for saying this yeah the wording's challenging so it makes it difficult to have the conversation in the first place well oh it's the word challenge again yeah I like that word (laughs) I like a challenge and what's the point of life if it's not a challenge but I think just in answer to that question the males have female chromosomes 
women have female chromosomes, but the, the energy that you're talking about is a, is a motherly kind of, which men can be mothers, where it's about everybody, not just one, which is, and, and that to me is the magic, it's that female energy, if you like, or that energy of abundance, the energy of a group, everyone. We're all in inclusion. Everyone is included. <laughs> That's the world I want, where everyone has a place at the table. It's a lovely idea, but it's an idea I'm fighting for. Another question. Hi, Pete. Hi. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I've heard you speak actually a few times on Clubhouse, um, so it's nice to nice see to you. to see you. In the party. I've heard you as well. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to actually revisit a question because Anna asked you, "How did you deal with the situation when uh, is it Helen or Hannah? Sorry, Hannah." Um, um, yeah, when Hannah got diagnosed again, and I kind of missed yeah, yeah. how it actually felt and how you had to process how you were going to show it, up. You know, when she asked me the question, and I was asked, I felt really self-conscious because I felt like I'm not answering the question. So I'm glad that you said that because I don't really know. I haven't really stopped to think about it. Think, how did I actually deal with that? I, I, I just. I reached out to you and I just sent a voice note. We, we didn't talk in this period, but occasionally I just send a voice note. You know, when someone pops in your head and you think they're going through something they need to hear. And I remember saying, Pete, just remember to do all the things you tell other people to do. Just remember to follow your own advice. <laughs> I, and I think that was one of the things I probably kept doing. I kept fairly ritualistic in certain things, like cold showers, still exercising, meditating. But. I know there's a deeper answer to the question and I'm not avoiding it, I just don't know. So I will honestly think about that because maybe when I become aware of it, I might be able to share that with other people. I honestly don't know, I just did what I had to do even though I felt like giving up. There was at one point where I couldn't give up. So let, let's, let's carry on that conversation. <laughs> I think it is important that we have people modeling how you can show up when you're going through something. Because often, for me, that's been the time I've wanted to retract. And actually, that's probably when I have the most to teach people. What's the bravest thing that you think you have shared? Well, something just came to me there. It was probably huge amounts of fear, right? Fear of not having anything to do, not being able to do anything. Um, again, I don't know whether that answers the question, but I'm, if, if there's nothing to do, I'm not particularly good to anybody. So not doing anything just wasn't an option. But how I've dealt with it, how I've processed it, I probably still need to work that through. You know, at the moment, I'm just so happy my wife is alive. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's a mirror. I look at her sometimes and I think about, I'll see her and I just think, this is a bloody miracle. And I'm so into that at the moment. My brother, who's a psychotherapist and his wife is a psychotherapist, they're often saying to me, you know, I think, and my wife as well. I just, I don't know whether I'm ready to maybe have that conversation. Maybe I could talk to you. Um, what's What was your question? I'll answer it very quickly. You said, oh, what was the most- question. So what's been? What has been the, well, the question I asked just then was, what's the bravest bit thing that you've shared? 
I just being vulnerable about being scared and feeling like giving up, mm. you know. And in building, so you've been around in the coaching industry. We'll take one more question in a moment. You've been around in the coaching industry for a very long time. In fact, you, you're probably in the UK one of the most well-known people for leading the way with life coaching. What have you seen and experienced in terms of that growing? And what do you think we need more of now? Oh, that's a good question. Personal development is very mental, you know. So I, that's how I see it. It's very kind of thinking rather than kind of coming from a heart, coming from emotion, coming from something else. So I just think there's a real shift of people wanting to connect and feel supported so they can just speak and be supported. And I think there's more and more, and that doesn't really, that's not really in books, you know? It's experience, experiential. Yeah. I think there's a massive... Well, it's what you're doing. I mean, why are you doing what you're doing? What do you want to see happen as a result of... How would you know positively influential was uh It's interesting because previously I would have said, oh, because I'll get the feedback. But actually, I already know. So what I felt it? very joyful this morning. actually had a few tears in the cafe next door because this is the start of a vision. And in many respects, it doesn't matter whether I reach the summit because it's the journey right it's the intention behind it and, and that it's just I'm, I'm i feel honored to be a part of that do you know um susie walker i don't know come yeah, across susie from Wa psychology yeah right so, that's so she, not her, she changed her name she changed and she sent me an oscar i've got that oscar so susie her name was susie greaves i've known her for years we did some work together when she was 50, she yeah. changed her name. This is the editor so of Psychology. So I met her She's around this time. I met her around this time. We, um, I was speaking at the Mindful Living show and she happened to have decided to publish an article two days after I launched my business that was like huge. And we, we, But we never met, so I met her then. I would definitely connect with her with what yeah. you're doing. She's left Psychology's magazine. Again, I admire her. She's, yeah. she's like, I've done it enough. But this, she sent me this Oscar that said Susie War. I've used this Oscar in so many places as a prop. But when she was 50, she changed her name from Susie Greaves to Susie Walker. Why? She loves Star Wars. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and she loves the Force. Is that the real reason? It is the absolute... What a great story that is. And what a great human being. Who's, I don't want to be who I was. I want to reinvent. I want to reinvigor. I wanna this, this might be the most important question of today. Which Star Wars character would you choose? Yoda. Of course. Because, again, it was going back to Rob Moore. i never forget Rob saying, you know, every hero needs a guide, right? Every guide needs a hero. The hero is so... The, you're the hero. The hero is the protector. Who's guiding you? I've guided you for a bit, but you've also guided me in ways you probably don't even know. And that's like, that's the great role that we can all play because every film has got the, the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide. I really feel for people who didn't grow up with Star Wars. I yeah. mean, what were I you watching? I watched it in 1977. What were you actually watching? So one more question from the audience. Maybe two, we'll see. Hi. Um, I wanted to ask what advice would you give um, to someone who's starting a podcast for the first time, which can be very scary. And um, it's mainly around mental health and working with the youth. And just being open to saying whatever and th whatever you're feeling, especially coming from that background of mental health, at the same time being culturally sensitive, 
um, and age sensitive as well. It's about the message. So anyone that we work with, um, we always say, your show's not actually about you. You might be the, the mechanism, you might be the vehicle. It's actually about the message. So the fear factor comes when we're talking about ego. Have I got the right words to say? Do I sound okay? Um, even you know when you're up on stage, am I saying the right things? Ego, ego, ego. But when you drop into the message and the, uh, the entire show comes from that place, you kind of can't go wrong. So we always have three questions. One is, what's the purpose of the, of the show for the people who don't know you yet? The people who are 12 months from now are going to have come across your podcast and have binge listened to 30 episodes. What's the, what's the knock-on effect you're wanting to create for them? Then it's about, well, okay, let's, let's not pretend if we're building a business, even if we want one that's positively influential and impact-driven, we still have to tap into these mechanisms that work. So be honest about the purpose of it for your business. It is to elevate the message. It is to elevate your status, the reputation, all those things that a lot of us in the personal development world are potentially shifting away from. We still need those vehicles at this time. So be honest about what the purpose is for the business. And then the final thing is you as the host, because if you're not connected, this is what we're talking about today, if you're not connected to the change you want to make, your podcast is going to be, this is my favorite word right now, vacuous. <laughs> your podcast is going to be empty. You're going to do like eight episodes and then give up. And you're going to go into that death zone of pod fade where, you know, a million people actually, do you know, there was something like a 20% drop in the number of podcasts that are being hosted now because we're out of COVID. Because if you don't, if you don't come from a place of purpose, then you can't deliver. But when you come from a place of purpose, it's not about you anymore. It's a good answer, right? Can I feed into that as well? First of all, I just want to say thank you. Because you say something, it's an idea. You've got an idea, right? You can see it. You were talking about it. So very quickly, the word fantastic, go and Google what that word means. Fantastic really means it's an idea. And for years, that word had a negative connotation. People thought if you said something fantastic, you were weird. Like, don't be ridiculous, right? As in fantasy. Yeah, fantasy. Yeah. What, what, you know, come on. I mean, think of who you are. What, do you, what have you got? To, and you're going to deal with, you're going to have to deal with that, right? If you, if you do this. But what Anna said about, I was picturing you doing a podcast. And in my head, I was picturing all the people that need to hear what you have to say. That's what I was picturing. You know what a jihad is, don't you? You know what it is, right? You know what the real meaning of a jihad? Do you mean the Arabic term? Yeah. Oh, yes. It, it means to strive on, your, on yourself. Yeah, because yeah. of the battle within. Yeah. People think of it as a holy war. I mean, it's just a word that has been... It's good you know the real meaning. Of course, <laughs> because I'm curious. I grew up in northwest London. For, you know, you grow up around everyone, and if you're not curious, you're in trouble. But you can have a jihad in your head about this and think, all oh, this... And there is fear attached to it, right? So, and I... But there's something in you which is more than the fear. I would just encourage... What's, look, when I listen back to my first podcast, <laughs> I just think, oh my God, who the hell was that? Because I've come so far yeah. from that point. And you've birthed an idea here to all of us. And we're now we're thinking, oh, we want to be a part of that. Please get some help with that. And be prepared to suck at it. Be prepared. Maybe you want to get some support around you because you're going to get people come to you and say, what are you doing? Yeah. But you're probably going to get more people that go... Thank you. 
you said what I needed to hear. Thank you. Sometimes we need to hear something said. We might have heard it before. We might have heard some other mental health podcast. Or, but we need to hear it said by a particular person in a particular way at the exact time that we need to hear it. And for me, audio is second to none for that. So at this event, in, you know, when we do more of these events, the one next year, when we see you again, what have you done? Hopefully we, we Sorry? Did you say hopefully? Yeah. What have you done? What have you done? So we all want to start this podcast. No, we have started this podcast. Sorry, what have you In done? In 12 months, yeah. your future yeah. self has. Yeah. What, what have you done? We would have a year a year worth of podcast listening. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. The hopefully? It will happen. Definitely. <laughs> so Pete, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for thank coming you. today. Um I want to just end with giving you an opportunity to share what it is, the wisdom that comes through you from wherever else that you feel the world, the people that follow you, listen to you, maybe listen to this podcast, most need to hear. What is it? What are we doing? What are you doing? You do ask some really big questions that just make me stop. So thank you. Just to take a We can talk about pants again, if you like. Well, we could. And that's all I'm thinking about. I'm thinking, just stopping and pausing and asking yourself, how am I doing right now? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? It's not, you know, Simon Sinek talks about starting with why. I'd say, forget the why. Let's talk about who. And who's the person? And what's their why? And how did you do it? It's that future self again, right? Yeah, it all comes back to that. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm looking forward to working with you and making, making even more of a difference. Nice big round of applause for Pete Cohen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have got lots up our sleeve for Positively Influential with some live events coming your way soon. Make sure that you are on the wait list to find out exactly what we're up to at www.annapn.co forward slash events. So you make sure that you are in the room with us, sucking up those vibes that are positively influential. Mm -hmm.